Let me pull up my notes here. Episode 21. Episode 21. Yeah. My uh, my notes are ready. My That's knees good. weak. Palms are sweaty. <laughs> uh, so, episode 21. Book 2, chapter 9. I should, well, you know what? I should probably tell people what the name of this podcast is because what if you just happen to download this file and you're like, what, what is this? I don't even know. And yeah, you're really lost. So, uh, Need something this, to ground us. Yes. Uh, so this is All Rings Considered, and we are doing our read-through of The Lord of the Rings. We're on episode 21, book 2, chapter 9, The Great River. This is episode 21, are you sure? Yes. You are sure? Okay, holy cow. I didn't make a big deal about episode 20 then. Dang. I meant to. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward chapter. And uh, I think compared to our previous three episodes covering the Lorian cycle of events, which were, I think, very heavy on themes, as we talked about a lot, this chapter is much more just, hey, people are going from point A to point B. Uh, It's really setting up, I think, the next chapter, uh, which I I think is going to go back to some very interesting in-depth stuff. But this one's very just, hey, we're traveling down a river, we're setting up some of the characters that are going to do some things in the coming chapters and it's another traveling chapter it's it feels a lot Mm -hmm. like it's a very similar and sort of um descriptive style to some of the uh early chapters with the four hobbits yeah absolutely uh so let me go ahead and just summarize this very quickly um i'm really glad i get to summarize this pip because we actually do get to start this time with the company awakens and i mean this sincerely (laughs) they actually do or at the very least it does begin with frodo waking up so i was really excited to see that uh and think you know what this must be Pip's favorite. That's <laughs> my favorite chapter. chapter. But he doesn't get to summarize it. So I want to savor this. No, it's it's a very straightforward. The company's traveling down the river, Anduin. They don't yet know exactly where they're going to go. They know they can only go as far as the falls of Raros. And of course, they can only go that far because it's a waterfall. So you can't really canoe down a waterfall. Um, but then they realize they do need to decide at that point who's going to go where. Right, Boromir says, "I'm definitely going to Minas Tirith. Period. Uh, alone if I have to." Although he sounds kind of bitter about that, he says something along the lines of, "If my service hasn't earned me any company right. <laughs> on that trip, I'm still going to go alone." They don't know where everyone else will go. Maybe they'll split up and someone will go to Mordor. Maybe they'll all go to Minas Tirith and go to Mordor from there. Just don't know. And Aragorn's very unsure. That decision is going to come and get talked about in the next chapter more significantly. Uh, as they go down the river, Sam definitely spots what looks like a log out in the river, but it's actually as eyes. And Frodo tells them this is definitely Gollum tracking them. So we know Gollum's still out there. They do get attacked by orcs who are on one side of the river. The river's described as having one side that's very like crawling with monsters and another side that's probably all right. The side that's crawling with monsters does attack them, shoots arrows at them. Frodo even gets hit by an arrow again. Uh, well, maybe not again, but he gets hurt by something again, but the mithril armor repels it. We even get our first sight of the return of the Nazgul. Not explicitly, but it's heavily implied that this is a Nazgul. He now has some kind of uh, winged steed to fly in the air, uh, which Legolas shoots and kills. And... Yeah, I mean, that's about it, that's I think, about for, it. like, yeah. events. I mean, the chapter does just kind of end with, like, I think they're 10 days into this traveling down the river, and uh, 
that's that they well you know maybe we should mention that you would go through those um they go through the uh argonoth the uh big two statues of mm-hmm. ancient gondor statues of two ancient kings which is kind of a, a neat moment it's it's got a cool feel to it so but that's about it uh so let's get into actually talking about the chapter which so i'll by the say way, one I thing should... about this chapter right off the bat uh yeah. i learned a bunch of new words regarding uh, various flora and land types um, from this chapter. There's just a bunch nice. of really, really uh, like cool words, like um, a, a wold. And a wold is oh, yeah. a piece of high, open, uncultivated land. Another good one is a, uh, I think I'm saying this right, a slow. And it's a, it's a term for a, a prickly uh, thorn bush. Wait, how do you, so how do you spell it? S-L-O-E. Yeah, it's got to be slow, right? Let's look it up. Slow. Yes. Pronounced slow. It's another term for blackthorn. Small, bluish, black fruit of the blackthorn. So thorn, whatever. Yep, sure. Yeah, just a lot of Wait, cool stuff slow. Here. It's another... Google tells me that slow is the fruit and not the thorn. Oh, I see. Yeah, it... But I don't know. I don't, it's I don't know related what context to... in. Yeah, well, it's related to this, this, thorn, this thorn bush. Nice. Tolkien, uh, I don't think we've really got a chance to talk about this too much, but Tolkien's a great resource for learning various landscape words. You'll never learn more than reading Tolkien. It's fantastic. And uh, I do recommend for anybody reading Lord of the Rings to actually just keep Google open. Look up these words you don't yeah. know. Don't just go through it. Look them up real quick or read it on an ebook and you know highlight it and get the definition. But really, I think it enhances your reading and gives you a great appreciation for the world around you, I guess, in all the ways we can describe it. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the chapter was kind of, it's its very, you know, descriptive. It's kind of a traveling chapter. But I think there was something, at least thematic, that I picked up on. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty in this chapter. For sure. Um, so you have, I just have a list here of uncertain things in this chapter. There's doubt regarding what Gollum is when Sam is trying to figure out you know what the log is aragorn is looking at the east and west side of the river and he doesn't the east side has been you know blasted by the enemy into this kind of like desolate land and he has no idea what that's about um there's fog which is just you know uncertainty manifest as weather they don't know where to go they're not sure if they're going to you know continue on with boromir or uh, you know go another way legolas doesn't know what type of wood the boats are made of he doesn't know and they don't know what the uh the you know flying beast is that you know legolas shoots it's just very they just kind of not really sure what's going on here yeah absolutely the big theme i picked up on here is or at least if not a theme then a sort of a feel and a vibe the chapter to me seems to be really closing out books one and two hmm. and it's almost like a an encapsula- encapsulation of the two books in terms of its vibe and its feel. Now, what do you I mean, mean like one book that, at a time? Like, oh, like it's kind of combining book one and two? Kind of. I mean, it almost does kind of go in order. And what I mean by this is we talked about book one having the feel of being on the outskirts of the world and being in the wilderness. And this is a lot of what you get, particularly in the first part of the chapter. The landscape to the east is blasted and barren and there's no trees or bushes or anything and it's just awful and you just really feel like you're on 
you're in the wilderness, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about book two, it starts to expand Middle Earth, but only in the form of remnants of ancient things. So we get Rivendell and Lorien, which are pockets of what were once much bigger civilizations. And we get Moria, which is the ruins of a great civilization. So the world is expanded, but we're actually only seeing the remnants of it. We're not really there yet where like people are living and where civilization currently is. We see that in this chapter, they, when they go through the Argonath and they go through the, the two big ancient ruin statues. And that sort of, to me, sort of represents the feel of book two. And this whole chapter to me seems to be setting up the rest of the book. That's like a big theme of it, this chapter and the next one too. Uh, but it even ends, the whole last line of the chapter is um, the last stage of the quest was before them. So we are here, the last stage right before us kind of appropriate then that the overall vibe and landscape of this chapter is really summarizing books one and two in a way that we're not going to really see uh again um we're mm. not going to be on the in the sort of wilderness area again we'll be in rough areas outside mordor but we're still very much at the heart of things we're not on the edge of the world there we're not really going to go through ruins again except i think of, i can think of a couple chapters in book four that kind of deal with some sort of like gondor ruin stuff but it's not still again it's still kind of in the heart of things so it's not quite the same as what we're seeing here so right. i thought that was neat yeah that is neat um it's a good catch um i have a, a note that i just thought was funny so you mentioned when uh frodo gets you know hit struck again by you know this time it's an arrow but it's repelled by the yeah. thrill um right before that in well so in uh in moria gandalf gets an arrow that goes through his hat and it's like sticking out you know, through through his hat. Um, here, uh, Aragorn is leading the company, and he gets an arrow that sticks out through his hood, and it's just a funny kind of mm -hmm. uh, throwback to that um, yeah. sort of parallel of him. He being the leader now gets the arrow through the hat. Nice. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's interesting this recurring theme that I mean, Frodo is getting hit a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is at least the second time he's getting hit, and I wonder if there's something here about the ring bringing him into trouble mm -hmm. uh, we've kind of gotten that the backstory that the ring sort of screws over Isildur it screwed over Gollum it's, it's kind of trying right now to, to throughout both Moria and here to, to to get Frodo and it's being thwarted it wouldn't be the first time it continuously gets thwarted by a hobbit right Bilbo thwarted it before it wasn't really uh, he wasn't he probably wasn't intended to pick it up mm. he probably didn't see that happening so it's kind of interesting maybe theme there of the, the hobbits mucking about. In this case, if it is being thwarted, it's still by Bilbo in a way because it's his Mithril. Right. <laughs> protecting Frodo. So Bilbo is the ring's ultimate like foil <laughs> uh, to all of its schemes. Um, let's see. I don't have too much else written here. Um, I have one line that I just... It's not my favorite line, but I just picked it out because I liked it. It's describing Sam, and it says, Sam had long ago made up his mind that Though boats were maybe not as dangerous as he had brought up to believe, they were far more uncomfortable than he had imagined. Which I just think is, um, it's a very, I love that Tolkien does this. They have, you know, descriptions that are very, they're high level writing and they are grand descriptions of, of you know, kind of a large thing, the landscape. And you really get this feel for what Middle Earth is like because you're kind of, you know, like you said, you, you're on the outskirts of civilization and you have, you know, this history, you know, before you. 
but I love going back to the hobbits. So there's just always peppered out throughout this. There's just something unkillable about the peculiarness and sort of just um, wholesomeness of a hobbit. Same as, you know, being running down a river that, you know, they're mm-hmm. deciding the fate of, of all who live in Middle Earth. And he's thinking, you know, this boat isn't as dangerous as I thought, but it's sure not comfortable. And I just love the little hobbit asides here that I just kind of get peppered out throughout the chapters. Yeah, I think it's I think it's part of Tolkien's real mastery of just you know interweaving different sorts of tone that yeah, other sure. writers might do more clumsily. I think it, it's one reason to me too that the Lord of the Rings is a significantly better work than the Silmarillion or any of the posthumous works published. Uh, the, ha- having the hobbits there as this sort of human presence, you know, mm-hmm. without the comments about without those little character building asides uh, the story just wouldn't maybe ring as true as i think it does here so yeah yeah definitely not to defend silmarillion fans but no, it's, it's great but i think you're absolutely right that it yeah. it's all one tone it's all epic you know there's not that uh yeah and that could be a chore to read <laughs> at times sure yeah you got to be in the right yeah. mood um do you have anything else well, not really, because I think the last thing I have to say has to do with my favorite line. Okay, and, let's do it. Um, so my favorite line in this is from Aragorn. Aragorn is talking about what time of year it is, because they've been in Lorien so long that their sense of time has been confused. And Aragorn assures Frodo that it is still winter. They are still in winter. Remember, they left on December 25th. We talked about this in a previous episode. December 25th, they've left. So this all takes place during winter. The entire book doesn't actually end. And we talked about this too in that episode. This is going to end around the time of like traditional Easter-ish time. End of March, something like that. This all takes place in winter. Uh, but Aragorn has this line of how he says, Time flows on to a spring of little hope. And I think it's just a nice sounding line but i think it also gets to something that doesn't get picked up on a lot about aragorn in this book which is that aragorn is constantly full of doubt about his own decisions and about what to do he knows his end goal pretty well he knows he's definitely got to go to Minas Tirith and be king again he's totally confident there but when it comes to the ring he's really not sure he, I mean, he definitely still agrees it should be destroyed, but he's just not sure of, like, how do we do that? How do we pull that off? How does he guide the company through dangers, right? He, you've seen in these past few chapters constant complaining on his end, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, if only Gandalf were here. He was the leader. He was the one who knew what to do. I don't. We see that a lot here. We're going to see that a lot next chapter. We're going to go into book three and see a bunch more of that as Aragorn's going to see her in question the decisions he makes when he's confronted with very serious decisions about where to go and um i just think this line captures that feeling of it that 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 feeling of kind of hopelessness about that situation that he has he's not this perfect uh, you know ready to go king guy yeah right uh he has his moments here too when they go to the argonath though frodo looks at him and he sees that everyone looks very kingly all of a sudden right yeah, he's they. Uh, his name is used as Strider in the description at first, and uh, then Tolkien switches. Ah, it's not Strider. 
it's Aragorn. Oh, it's Aragorn. Oh, good ah. catch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. But it also passes, right? Uh, and he does mm-hmm. kind of go back to the more like indecisive, full of doubt, unsure of himself, or at least his decisions in terms of this particular quest. So I think that that's just a subtle detail. I mean, it gets lost in a lot of discussions about the character. Mm-hmm. I think you see a lot of people take him as just a totally characterless proud arrogant guy and they kind of miss i'm not sure how i think it's very obvious these few chapters how full of doubt he is and how unconfident he is in himself so yeah that's interesting i think there's there's maybe one reason for that is that in his role as leader i mean what you see is what he's projecting onto you know for for the other members of the company but you do see uh, a lot of like what you're describing his his own personal decision especially in these last two chapters of uh of this book yeah i i suspect I, I we've avoided talking about this and i think we should but here's a place where it should be brought up i suspect the peter jackson movies are getting in people's heads here a lot too sure i think because they really simplified that dynamic of aragorn being unsure about what they should do for the ring quest they simplified it all into like Aragorn's just an unsure guy about everything, which is not the case here, right? But I think in people's reaction to that, to that choice in the Peter Jackson movies, I think people then sort of misremembered the text to the other extreme. Of, <laughs> but no, he's never like that, which is just not true either. I mean, he he does get like that. It's just they just you know changed which part he was unsure about in, in order to kind of simplify it. I think, but. But he, he, he definitely has that going on here. So I, I do I wonder if that's just getting in people's heads a little bit. But All right, well, let's see. I, I kind of took my favorite line was, was not thematic at all. I actually kind of... So it seems like you kind of picked a favorite line that represents um, uh, book number two of Fellowship of the Ring. I picked a favorite line that I feel like is a lot of book one. Uh, okay. Just description of a landscape. I love it. Um, here nice. we go. On this side of the river, they passed forests of great reeds, so tall that they shut out all view to the west, as the little boats went rustling by along their fluttering borders. Their dark, withered plumes bent and tossed airs, hissing softly and sadly. Yeah, I just, I, I love Tolkien's description of sound um, when he's describing mm-hmm. landscapes. I think he pays a lot of attention to um, the sensations that you get from a landscape and not just, you know, oh, okay, this here. I just, I, I feel it, you know, I feel this, this, yeah. you know, this, uh, sad hissing of a, of, of a group of reeds. It's just, mm. yeah, uh, I love it. All right. Well, chapter title, this one's bad. Um, I give it five, I guess. Five rings out of 10. Of, wow. I guess it's not, because it's not offensively bad, but it's not good. It's just the place, the great river. Mm. So not good. Don't know what I'd call it otherwise, but you know all right yeah not good don't like it. <laughs> um let's see what is, next chapter is the last chapter of book two uh yeah. the end of you know the collection known as the fellowship of the ring right yeah which we, um, we we'll have to talk about that i think let's save it for next chapter though but i do want to talk about the the division of these books okay right and what it means to be at the end of this particular book because i do think it means something if only if if perhaps accidental but something so what is what um, do we have coming up next what's the finale of the fellowship of the ring finale of the fellowship of the ring 
uh, is The Breaking of the Fellowship. Ooh. Ooh. Great title. <laughs> You'll get to see my ranking of this title. Tune in next time. (laughs) Tune in next time to see. I'll give you a hint. I like it a lot. (laughs) You can probably maybe take a guess. Yeah, I think but there's a lot going on in that chapter, and we'll we'll chat about it then. But I do think also next chapter we should talk about the meaning of the division, right? The six books, the three volumes, all this stuff, and think about what that means a little bit. And um, you know, talk about especially because I think it's worth thinking about books one and two together in a sense and um yeah yeah all right well join us next time for the breaking of the fellowship